Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Hello and welcome to episode 91. Tonight's show is brought to you by Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Just um, so everyone knows, Matt started this episode with a wet bowl of cereal, so he is going to either chew into the mic. Don't do that. I've got to edit that out now. So he's either going to chew into the microphone or he's going to just have soggy-ass cereal. I mean, my goal is I was going to read patrons and then y'all talk first so I could eat my cereal. And I was going to, like, call it out like that. Oh, okay. We'll get started then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. So patrons this week, we've got, at $10 a month, we've got Zach, Todd, Tom, Tim, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Scott, SCG Shuko, Sam, Ryan, Raymond, Parker, Nick, MTB Shenanigans, Michael, Leland, Kevin, Kenny Sucks, Ken, <laughs> J-Ray Outdoor Media Groupie, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jamie, Jake, Green Giant, Gordon, Goddamn Carol Baskins, <laughs> G-Man Olsen, <laughs> F That Guy Mark, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Dustin, Clayton, I forgot to change my my name last week, Vaughn, Eckerin, Braid, Billy Singlespeed, <laughs> Brad, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, Brad, Billy Singlespeed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron. Uh, Australians, we have Lead Out Sports, Josh, and Dean. Then at $20 a month, we've got Joe, Brady, Brad, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions. Harley is at 30. Troy is at 31. And Six Pack Outdoors at 50. So that's uh, that's our patrons. Uh, one of y'all want to go first so my cereal doesn't get soggy? I'm really hungry. <laughs> Kenny, what have you been up to? Uh, no mountain biking. It was pretty nice last weekend, and we all got out on the on the motos. Did I moto two days? Yeah, moto two days in a row, which is a lot of fun. We got a pretty big group of Suron people now, and it's a good time. Everybody is a really good rider, and everybody has pretty heavily modified Surons at this point. So, like, everyone's got, like, big batteries and big controllers and 10,000 watts and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. We did some rowdy shit this weekend, getting into like the scary level stuff of like. You get any video? Semi hard enduro. No, I was too busy having fun. I'm bad about that. Like I'm in the moment. I just want to like enjoy myself and not dick around with filming. So. So if I sent you a GoPro, you probably wouldn't film anything. Yeah, I mean, I could. Film. I could film like, a few things anything. for sure. And I need to. I could ask All the right. guys. I mean, people had phones out at some point, so I could ask anybody if they got footage. We're gonna ride again this weekend, so. If we get anything footy cool, for the boys. footy for the boys. But yeah, it's a lot of fun is the moral of the story. And we have amazing riding out here. So a Suron would not be nearly as cool if you didn't live in a place like Colorado, Utah. Insert probably yeah, place sure. out west. Yeah. Places with mountains and moto access. Yes. Yeah. Because you're not like, you don't have to know a guy who knows a guy to like ride on property or like ride on a motocross track for example because like surrounds aren't very good on motocross tracks they're just not really built for that so having just random trails that you can go ride and explore that's not really a thing unless you're like poaching mountain bike trails but out here you there's like moto trails and double track and just shit everywhere you can do whatever you want which is really cool so that's the moral of the story i've got i put trp brakes on trp dhr evos for those that are curious I put those on one of my bikes or motorcycles and they're pretty awesome. And I'm about Was to... Was that replacing the one that puked yeah, the calipers? Yeah, I blew up a couple calipers. So that situation is fixed. And I've got another... Did you dissect them? 
No, I threw them away. <laughs> yeah. You gotta dissect stuff and see why it died. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the caliper it's the piston seals in there. The levers are good. It's just I kept fun the levers. To go in there and look. I guess I probably could have like popped a piston out and looked, but I threw them in the garbage with extreme prejudice. Uh what else? Any other new moto stuff? How's that EXT shock? EXT is really, really good. I did this weekend. I rode the more powerful bike, which is my Suron. So my Talaria, for those that care, is stock power and stock battery, but it has a 2118 wheel combo and it's got a Marzocchi bomber on the front and now the EXT on the rear. And my Suron has way more power and battery and controller and all that jazz with an 1821 wheel combo as well, but with an Olin's front fork and a DHX2 coil rear shock. And it's definitely a very good bike, but the suspension, both front and rear, is just not up to snuff with my slower bike. So that's where I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I could totally swap all that stuff if I wanted to, but I don't know. I I don't know what I want to do. There's so many things I want to (laughs) do. On one hand, I'm very happy with both of my machines. They're both pretty hashed out. They're both fun to ride, but it's hard. You get spoiled being on the better suspension on the other bike, but the other bike's also better chassis wise, which is, so it's the same things you run into in the bicycle world, right? Where it's the whole package, right? It's not one thing. It's not just what the spec sheet says. That Talaria just rides better off-road to me. It's got a little bit longer wheelbase. It's got a stiffer, a stiffer frame, but in a good way. It's in like torsional and twisting, especially under power. And it just tracks straighter. It doesn't get deflected off stuff as much. So anyway, from a riding dynamic so standpoint. So you need to put the Suron motor into the Talaria frame. Ideally, yeah, that would be really cool. But it's just not worth all the trouble. And plus, I don't even know if you can actually do that. They're like similar enough. You could maybe do that, but it would be so much work and all that. So I don't know. I think ultimately what I'll probably end up doing is selling the Suron. So I rode the Suron last weekend and rode it on some of the hardest stuff I've ever ridden. And uh, it, it's fun. Like it's, it just takes time to work up to stuff. Now it's thrashed. I need to sell it. Yeah. Well, it's also thrashed. <laughs> it does ride good, but it's got 2,000 off-road single track miles on it. I don't go down gravel roads. I ride that thing fucking hard in the rock gardens. Like, for real. So it's got a lot, a lot, a lot of miles on it in motorcycle world. Like, in motorcycle world, if you had even, like, a modern KTM two-stroke enduro bike that's made to be thrashed in rocks and stuff, you would be at, like, new motor territory right now, for sure. So I've got probably almost 200 hours on that bike which is going to be bare minimum like piston on the two stroke for sure. And on a four stroke, probably lots of very expensive, bad things. <laughs> uh, what else? Where was I going with that train of thought? So I think it might be time for the Sauron to, you know, go live on a farm somewhere <laughs> and go on its last Ruji ride. <laughs> and I think I still love it. It's now the reason I love it is because of the power. It's like addictive on that thing. It's so powerful. It's, twice or three times as powerful as the Talaria, which when you're doing crazy hill climby stuff, which is a lot of out here, it's really, really useful. And you can just wheel it on command. You can, you know, do, you can manual through whoop sections and all that kind of cool stuff where you can't do that on the stock power bike. It just won't do it. So moral of the story is I've learned what I want as far as power and I've learned what I want as far as chassis. So I need to marry those two at some point in some way. And that's probably the new Talaria R, I'm guessing. Or 
buy another, I guess there's no point to buy a regular Talari at this point when the Talari R exists. Uh, or maybe an Ultra B, which is the even slightly bigger one, or you know the whole host of other bikes that are going to be hitting the road. So, anyway, I'm sure people's ears are glazing over with all the Emoto talk, but I will leave everybody <laughs> with this: if you have territory to ride like we do, and you haven't messed around with these things, all I can say is they're so much fun. From somebody who has enjoyed mountain biking as much as I have and still do, if you're kind of on the fence about it. And if you have any moto background whatsoever, even if you don't, but if you like, if you really enjoy descending and you enjoy the technical parts of riding, the amount of fun you will have on, doesn't have to be a Suron, on a moto, especially an e-moto, something that's a little bit more manageable and easier to ride. Holy shit. It's just the amount of fun that I have. It's unreal. Like imagine when you go out of town and you get to ride this trail you've never ridden before and it's just awesome. Like it's just techy enough that you're having fun and there's like new features and it's just like cool and new and exciting and you're like riding fast and you're just fucking loving life that is what riding the emoto is like all the time 24 7 it's like an overdose of <laughs> dopamine so i highly recommend Son of a bitch i'm in <laughs> i highly recommend people try it it's so much fun like i smile so much when i ride those things it's so much fun it's it's such a challenge uh but it's not it doesn't have to be terrifying and that's why it's a lot of fun yeah but on that note i you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more comfortable with doing gnarly shit, which is, you know, probably going to get me in trouble. But the stuff you can descend, Eventually. the stuff you can descend on those things is. Un- well, it's got the suspension unreal. of a downhill mountain bike. Exactly. So it does. It's like a, a downhill mountain bike with a low center of gravity. Yes. And big ass tires. So imagine a downhill mountain bike that basically you can endo it if you really try, but like it doesn't naturally want to endo. It will just down the steepest stuff it just still wants to like push the front it's not it doesn't want to like endo it just doesn't but you got all this suspension you've got just enough weight with big old freaking knobby meaty tires that just dig into shit and yeah you can do this descent stuff now where it's so steep that you kind of can't stop but it's okay you can still like meteor your speed just enough and you kind of ski down it and you've got like boulders and rocks and shit um like you're starting an avalanche to the top and then it like follows you down kind of thing and it's a really good time yeah and if I did it on the mountain bike, I would die. 100% I would die on a bicycle. Some other people might not with more talent than I have, but the, basically the stuff you can get away with on those motos, it's it's just unreal. And the control you have from the handbrakes and like, anyway, I just, I know I talk about it all the time, but I can't say enough. They're so, they're so much fun. Uh, that's it. I think that's all for me. I still, on deck, I've got some TRP... DHR Evos going on my Kinevo SL. Hopefully, maybe this weekend I'll get those installed and get that carbon bar finally installed and then give you a ride report on that one up bar that's got some flex built into it. And I still need to sort out the rest of my suspension, but that's for another day on that bike. But other than that, still fun to ride around. I've done a couple little short, kind of short rides around on it, but I need to spend more time doing trails and especially ones that I know here in town and I can give better ride reports of the. Kinevo SL, and hopefully I can get to terms with a ridiculous amount of travel. That's it. buck. Matt, do you want to go next? I don't care. Is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. So uh, I raced an enduro on Wednesday. No, I rode the entire enduro course again on Sunday, and then I didn't really do much. I like did a trainer ride. Is this enduro race number three of this year for you? 
Yes. Jesus Christ, Weeknight man. Enduro number three. It's so I mean, they're like five minute runs. It's so insane. Like you're just you're just so enduro now. <laughs> it's the mustache. But hey, it's pretty fun, right? I mean, the one I did was you could almost hardly call it enduro, but just the this was in twenty fourteen, Andrea. Does that sound right? The one in Arkansas. You did that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I won that one. So it was like what? <laughs> Matt just turned it like like gave me a look for saying that I won something. It I was mean, kind of a given. It was <laughs> not, not, not really. Like, it wasn't super gnarly, but it was just the format of it was a lot of fun to me. So I can definitely see the draw for racing enduro. Like it's a good time. I don't remember at that one. Did they let you go when you got to the stage, or did you have to wait in line mm. like for your? Your you know, category. I don't actually remember. I think there was like some semblance of order. I don't think they just let you go, but I think maybe if there was nobody else waiting or something like that, and then as long as you were within your time window, they just like let you go. It was all chip timing, so I don't think it really mattered at the end of the day. Yeah. That's really what I hate about the, gosh, I think I've done one or two other enduros is just getting to the start of something and just fucking waiting. I hate that. Right. That's... That's why the Salida Enduro is going to be ridden. Uh, the the multi-stage one-day event will be in a ready-to-race format, meaning after you... <clears throat> sorry, I got a lump in my throat from that giant bowl of cereal. It's actually the hot wings I ate earlier making my nose run. So Salida Enduro, it's going to be ready-to-race format, meaning you'll start with like your group on the first stage, and when you get to the second stage, you just go when you feel like it. Yeah, that's the way to go. That's how I think the Enduro at the Transylvania stage race was the Enduro day. So there was like an overall week where they kept track of people's times on Enduro segments, like one or two per stage. But then there was also an Enduro day. And that one was just roll up and go, I think. Pretty sure. So Matt, do you feel like a different person or anything? Are you like asking yourself different questions? Do you find yourself maybe like... For example, on the internet, looking at like angle headsets. <laughs> no, in non-enduro fashion, I run my stump jumper Evo in high bottom bracket, steep head tube angle. Damn, I love it. You got a 130 stem on that thing? Uh, a 40. So <laughs> nice. 40 millimeters. Wow. Okay. I mean, the reach is 498. It in is that, insane. An S5 in steep high is 498, I'm pretty sure, reach. Do you so, know what yeah, bike? I can run a short stem finally. You know what bike has the craziest reach? And I don't know if it's actually a crazy reach, but a crazy top tube, essentially. The Enduros and the Kinevos. Holy shit. The Kinevo SL, more specifically. It's insane. My S3 is fucking gigantor. It is huge. I decided this week if I had to buy, like if someone was just like, buy a new bike tomorrow, it would be something ridiculously big, like 170 rear, 180 front with like a 510 reach. <laughs> I don't know my reach numbers. What is what is that? I mean, it, it's it's the real number. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. It's on the geometry chart. But it's not like, the real number it, at all because what about your seat tube angle? None of that matters because I put my seat... Like, reach is where your bike feels good standing up. Sure, that's true. And then <clears throat> as far as steep seat tube angles, and I... Tim Kruger, don't call me and tell me I'm wrong. I don't give a shit. Don't. don't <laughs> I thought you wanted Tim to no, call you. No, sorry. Don't text me that I'm wrong if you're not going to call me and tell me you love me. So, um, I just think that all that stuff, all that super steep, 
seat tube angle stuff goes out the window because like you don't need a steep seat tube angle on your road bike because you ride it on the fucking ground that's like suitable for cars. And then your super steep seat tube angle is really important when you're climbing something that's like, like straight the fuck up because suddenly the seat tube angle isn't as steep anymore because the fucking ground isn't level. And the bike is squatting in the rear because of sag and all your weights on the rear wheel because you're going uphill. And then when you drop your seat post, reach is like God's fucking gift to man and woman because that's how far it is from the fucking where the pedals go to where the hands grip. So I might be wrong, but I live and die by reach. No, I mean, I think that's it's it's, it's fun to discuss this stuff and like why, you know, there is kind of two schools of thought there right one is like static sitting down and being in the right pedaling position and then how far away from the bars are you versus what you're saying which is seat is out of the equation and you're standing up and rallying a bike right and how you can move around on it is going to be all the reach number well yeah and i guess what i'm saying too is like how i ride my xc bike seated rolling terrain versus like i'm gonna go ride an enduro stage and i like go up some some shitty gnarly jeep road that is way steeper than any trail the steep c tube angle is awesome there because suddenly it's not if you had a slack c tube angle and you went up that super steep stuff then your your seat isn't where you need it because the ground has the the profile of the road has changed where your seat is in relation to your bottom bracket all right so yeah i raced in it i rode the enduro course and then I raced the Enduro on Wednesday, and I had a poor showing. I, My head was not in it. From the time that I started, I just wasn't really feeling it. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, well, I think that trail also doesn't demand your attention the way that yeah, something a little gnarlier does. Yeah, and, and I'm finding that like this trail was much more pedally. And I'm just not as fit as I used to be. I mean, there's no way around it. I'm not I'm not terrible, but like I'm not quick right now in any way. And when it's really chunky and I just go fast by not braking because it's super steep, I'm pretty good. I kind of kicked ass the week before. This week where I had to pedal a bunch and it was fucking deep, blown out because a bunch of people raced before me uh, and I had to unclip five times because I lost the front wheel five times. Uh, yeah, that, that just my head just wasn't in it. So, yeah. And then today, uh, my work gives us floating holidays and they can be taken for any holiday that you observe. <laughs> and I, I just like, it's worth noting for our listeners who like hearing Matt be a petty bitch. Used to, the floating holidays could go anywhere. Yeah. And then they suddenly made this rule that they had to be used on a holiday. Yeah, or like, I said like again. Damn it, Andrea told me to quit saying like so she wouldn't have to like edit it like so much. Well, the word like, it blends in with other words, so it's very hard to remove. Unlike, uh... Yeah, um and ah... You all have no idea. I take at least 50 or 60 of those out of every episode. All right, back to the task. For all of us, not just not just me. Kenny is actually the best about not saying um, but Matt and I are just fucking train his wrecks His full-face helmet has an um filter built in, Yeah, and he yeah. records in his full face. It really for, does uh, take concentration to sometimes you have to like slow. Oh, I said like. Uh, <laughs> you have to slow down. In your head, and I think that helps a lot. If you if you're trying to like get all your thoughts out super fast, and you kind of forget where you are, it just takes yeah, it takes practice. 
And I just used a yeah as a filler. That's fine. <laughs> now we're all going to be self-conscious about everything and use those words even more. Okay, so like Andrew was saying, I used to be able to use my floating holidays whenever, and I was told that they need to be. There was a new rule implemented where they needed to be used for holidays that you observe, and they could be butted up against something. So, for argument's sake, what was the one you took last? Hold on, hold on. Okay, because this is actually the first day I've been off. The new rule is like they need to abut a holiday. So if we are closed for, for argument's sake, we weren't, but if we were closed for Easter, then you could add it to Thursday and take good, like if we closed for Good Friday, then you could take Thursday off as a floating holiday before Good Friday to have a four-day weekend. And I'm like, but it said very clearly, for any holiday you partake in. So I immediately shot everyone in my team the usnationalholiday.com or whatever bullshit, and you can go to a day on the calendar, and I chose wisely for today, which is 420, and I didn't want to use national, like, leaf day or whatever they call 420. Weed like, day? Weed day, yeah. They, they have a name for it that's not weed day. Uh, um, I mean, it's just weed day. Fun fact, it's also national nacho day, which I don't think is a fucking coincidence. Um, <laughs> I took off... National Volunteer Day, and I went out and did volunteer trail work with Salida Mountain Trails. And one of the projects that they were wrapping up today was some rock armoring and erosion control on Uncle Nasty, one of the harder trails here. And I haven't ridden that trail in years. I, I just, I don't know, my head wasn't in it, and I walked a good bit of the trail today, and I'm like, man, either I've gotten to be a better bike rider, or this isn't as bad as I remember, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ride it. Probably this weekend. Uh, I drove my truck up there, which was... A little hairy. It was a task. Kind of spicy. A little spicy for the truck. <laughs> the mini truck. The mini truck. Is that mini truck four-wheel drive? Hell yeah, it is, man. Hot damn. Four cylinders, four-wheel drives, five speeds. Fucking get you that some. That thing's driven over Hayden Pass, which is Four cylinders, four-wheel drive, no waiting. <laughs> I mean... There's not much waiting. Yeah, uh, there was a spot where I was going forwards, and the truck didn't want to go forwards, and I didn't want to back up, so I just had to, like, I mean, reverse as in, like, I did not want to not go forwards. I, I needed to complete the the little trail that I was on so I could turn around easily, and I was like, fuck it, we got to go over this. So I just backed her up, like, two foot and really gave, like, I, I, I like, kind of, like, spun and, and didn't go over these two rocks I was hitting at the same time, so I, like pushed in the clutch and rolled back a little bit and bumped it and it like tried to climb and then like fell down and spun some and I was like god damn it so I backed up like two feet and like <laughs> gave her a real hearty bump with some beans and fucking mini truck did it that thing's so. a manual too hell yeah it is man four cylinders four wheel drive five speeds how do you go to four wheel drive truck. it's like an extra little extra lever doohickey thing down there hell yeah manual hubs and an extra lever by your knee no buttons on the dash high. huh hell no <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to go wrong, man. Uh, I love it. That truck's 25 years old now. Pretty wild. Uh, so that was my week. Uh, what about you, Andrea? I, over the weekend, participated in the Salida 3P race, which is pole, pedal, paddle. Get your mind out of the gutter. They, it's for ski poles. Yeah, the race starts on top of Monarch Pass, so where you would start the Monarch Crest Trail, it starts in that parking lot. So yes, the crest is open. You just need fucking skis. Yeah, and an avalanche beacon. <laughs> and so you you 
go up just like you're doing Monarch Crest, but instead of turning off on the Continental Divide Trail, you go all the way up to the ridgeline of the Continental Divide, and you traverse that ridgeline until you get to North Fooses Creek, which is not the same as the Fooses Creek Trail that you go down on a mountain bike. came down North Fooses? Yeah, like the Powerline Road. Oh my God, that is so gnarly. Yeah. I mean, they just, I think it's actually not that gnarly if you're an okay skier. I would die. <laughs> I know, me too. Um, yeah, for sure. So they go down that and they... Did you say you race it as a relay? Yeah. I missed that. Oh, well, actually, I may not have said that yet. I was explaining the race and... Okay. Yeah, so I did not race the pole or the paddle. I only raced the pedal part of this. So they go down from uh, the Monarch, the Continental Divide Ridgeline to the... Fooses Creek Trailhead near Highway 50, where you or your teammate starts the bike portion of the race, where you ride a bike on a power line road, most power, mostly power line road, forest road to the river, and then there is a paddle portion that takes approximately an hour, and you end up in Salida. And some people do it all as one thing, like just solo, which is great sure commendable yeah and a lot of people do it as a team and it's a very there's two types of racers here there's people that are party racing and there's people that are racing racing yeah and we were we were racing racing Um, our skier was and this is i literally looked at my calendar of racing and training and said i'm kind of tired of training so i should do a bike race this weekend and i looked around on the internet for what was happening and saw that that was the weekend of the 3P race. And I emailed the race director and said, hey, are there any people looking for a pretty fast cyclist? And not long after that, someone contacted her saying, I'm a, I'm a kayaker. I'm pretty fast. And is there a team looking for a kayaker? And her partner was skiing. And so he joined our team and we didn't meet each other except through text message until we were at the race. Team pretty fast. Yeah, we were, um, our team name was Strangers in the Night. <laughs> Strangers in the Night, doing the pole part. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was pretty good. You know, our, our skier was, I didn't look at their times compared to everyone else's, really, but I did look at. I mean, they were one of the first dozen people in. Yeah, yeah. So, our skier was good. I was, out of all of the people out of all of the bike times there was actually this ranking showed up which was cool Um, out of all of the bike times I was fourth overall Um, oh yeah I think our skier was fifth overall it doesn't matter he was single digits for sure he was in the top 10 and so I was about fourth and our paddler he took about an hour four to finish the paddle and a few people did it sub one hour so we ended up second for the mixed relay teams, which was really cool. So uh, that was fun. Which, another important thing to note, there was a team that previously won mixed relay for many years in a row. Andrea was beaten by a different, faster team. That team now got third. So fuck them. <laughs> uh, apparently they lost their cyclist that usually helps them win every year. That's Sucks why I was suck. like I was like 15 minutes faster than the, their cyclist this year. Sucks to suck. <laughs> That's not very nice. I ain't trying to be nice. I'm trying to make good content. <laughs> but other than that, I have been turkey hunting. 
I'm not really sure what I'm going to do as far as upcoming bike races. Uh, there's the GoPro games in mid-June. But honestly, I, I don't want to say I got burnt out from training over the winter time. I'm just ready now that the weather's nice and I don't have to ride the trainer. I'm kind of ready to just go out and do some riding and not worry about racing, which I know is different than what I said, I don't know, a month ago. But I do what I want. Also, for those of you that are like, what happened to the race in Memphis? It was canceled. Yeah, the Memphis race was canceled. Uh, I'm actually not even going to go to Memphis now. So, you know, I, I don't have those races to fill in, like the six-pack outdoors race and the Memphis race I was going to do. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next few weeks. I'm just going to try to get a turkey. So far, I've been failing miserably at turkey hunting. I've had a lot of close encounters uh, in addition to the one that I talked about last week. I'm not going to go into it. We'll do an antlerless podcast about it once turkey season is over. But <clears throat> I do. Mm. the turkeys have been making a fool of me every chance they get, um, which is amazing for an animal that has the brain the size of a peanut. Right, but we discussed this in depth the other day. Yeah, the turkey I chased on, today. We're going to leave that. We're going to leave on. that for The turkey I chased today had exactly four fucking brain cells, and three of them were dedicated to seeing me, and the other one was designated for being horny. That's how this turkey operated because he would see me. I shot at this turkey and missed him, but he was hanging out in the road 50 yards away. When I popped out to go to my truck, because I'm like, well, I just made a bunch of noise. No turkeys are going to come around now. No, he's wandering around in the road like, hey, hey, where'd that girl go? Where is she? Like so many lost souls. Last <laughs> yeah. Call. But that was, that was the turkeys. Do we want to, let's knock out a question or two. And then I want to spend the last bit talking about this new thing we definitely don't hate. Okay. So we're going to switch it up. Flip mode. Yeah. All right. Uh, there was an Instagram question that was good, but we'll start this one just because I missed it last week because it got rolled into his previous emails. Uh, just shooting you all a note to say I'm a true AXS rocker loving freak. I tried it with no prior knowledge or expectations on a demo bike, and it felt right on telepathic... Oh, sorry. Jesus Fuck, woman. I haven't had my medicine today, okay? It felt right on telepathic to me immediately. I was immediately sad when I had to go back to separate buttons on my own bike and then upgraded to AXS. I also think the rocker is great when fatigued. I notice when shifting around a lot more using it versus my mechanical equip bikes. Um, this is from Duncan, by the way. From Duncan that bought my Izzo. I don't know how to... The rocker paddle isn't for me. You can shift the two-button paddle from one button. It's very easy to do. I never use the top button on mine. I really want the upgrade thing on mine because I like I have to take my hand off the grip and reach over and shift it because it doesn't like that where it sits just I can't reach it with my hand on the grip. All right. I really like the rocker. Maybe the old school rocker, the Gen 1. Gen 1. <laughs> I just I rest my thumb in that thing and I ride all day like that. I jump like that, go down drops, all that stuff. My thumb's just nestled in its little home. It's great. Your thumb's not... This is the wrong one. Your thumb's not, like, on the grip holding the bars so you can jump that fucking hog of a Kinevo you got? <laughs> Nuh-uh, man. I'm ready to shift. I just... I don't know. I like the rocker. I wasn't super... Are you doing, like, E.T. in the air pedal shifts? Like, <laughs> I wasn't what are you doing with your life, pumped Kenny? about the rocker way, way, way back when. I'm sure you can pull up an episode... 
and it was only okay. And now that I've gotten used to it, I just kind of prefer the rocker. I think like anything, I would get used to that discrete two button clicker thing that they have now for transmission. I'm sure it's fine. But the moral of the story from my viewpoint is I like the rocker, very used to it, never have issues with it. I never use anything but the two like rocker positions. I never use that like reach around button. Oh yeah, I don't ever use that one either. No, I don't use the reach around button on the on the big two one. I shift everything from the bottom button. I use my thumb, like the pad of my thumb, on to the push big, the thing forward. On the big two one, you use yeah. only. I only use the lower lever. I use the pad of my thumb on the face of it, and I use my thumbnail behind it hmm. because I'm keeping my thumb fully wrapped under the bar. Okay, interesting. Well, I thought we had an Instagram question, but we don't, or I've just lost it. That happens sometimes. That's why you should use the contact form on the website because you can't mark an Instagram message as unread. Yep. Um, we had a few people email in different bikes uh, for the person that was looking for a cross-country bike with 27.5 wheels. And I believe he ended up getting the Element, or they were going to look at the Element. All right, then. And Brady Howe had suggested the Top Fuel 9.8 and 9.7. But that's not really a cross-country bike, though. Not anymore. Yeah, I mean, That's, the Element's not totally a cross-country bike. But, it's way lighter. But yeah, out of all the bikes in that travel category, it blows them out of the water for weight. So, let's see. From Grant. <laughs> Grant says, Aloha, <laughs> I just bought a lot in Pagosa Springs. I haven't been to that area for a long time since I live in Crested Butte in the early 90s. Do you know if there's a good mountain bike and enduro-style moto in that area? I think there are some amazing 50-plus mile epic ridge or epic moto ridge rides that go peak-to-peak peak at 10K. Thanks. Love the enduro and moto talk. I don't know shit about Pagosa Springs. I don't, but I would recommend using something like OnX. Uh, they have OnX Backcountry. They have an off-road version and they have a hunt version. And they all have, I don't know, little features that designate one from the other. But they basically all give you the same basic information of trails and forest roads and things. And if you're looking for... I think for what you're looking for, for mountain bike and enduro style moto, I would go with something like Onyx Off-Road because that's going to give you the ability to highlight uh, moto legal trails. Yeah, you can like change by trail legality or usage legality. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to show you all the mountain bike trails too. Like they don't just, you know, they have the same base map for all of their programs and then they just add some features that make it backcountry or off-road or hunt. So, yeah, I would go for something like that. Start looking at that and use also along with it, free map online is CalTopo, C-A-L-T-O-P-O. And that is a wonderful map program. They've got several different base maps. So you can look at older maps, newer maps, all different maps. So look at those, plan some big rides, go out and explore some shit, do some hike-a-bike, get buck. I need to try Onyx. I've heard about that a few YouTuber people I watched were uh, talking about that, but they're they were paid advertisements, so I was a little bit dubious. But it sounds like it's legit. Yeah, it's it's totally legit. Uh, you can download. It's pretty. I think it's like twenty or thirty bucks a year if you just download your state, and it's a hundred dollars a year if you do the whole U.S. I think. Okay. I don't know. It's something around there. But yeah, if you just did Utah, you'd be uh, you'd probably be in business. You're out like four vodka izzies. It's not that bad. Yeah. Sick. 
I'll have to try it. Yeah, and you can download offline maps for an area. If you're going to be without phone service, you can select the area where you're going to be and download a map when you're on Wi-Fi, and then you have it available. Is this a fucking Onyx commercial now? I was no, going to say, it's so I'm just funny. i it's really good. I got the exact same vibe. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I was about to say something, but No, I use it, it so much. Do you find yourself my... with no cell service sometimes? <laughs> Onyx is available with offline maps. Don't want to chew up all that data or you want to go off into the deep brush where you might not have service? You can use offline mode. Well, Download so what you need. Can I explain don't to you why it's so important you without you roasting me? Steel. Uh. This episode is brought to you by Steel. They'll get you set up with what you need and not try to send you home with what you don't. So a lot of times when I'm scouting or hunting... Did you I, drive your can m to get to those hard-to-reach spaces? No, I'm hiking. And a lot of times I'm hiking within 10 feet or so of a private property line and I will just have my phone open and watch myself not trespass because that's very fucking important is to not trespass. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I could spit on your property, but I won't. So yeah, that's that's what I use it for a lot. Uh, also just navigating because they have good topo maps on there. Next question. Matt says, what's up? Just sent y'all some doll hairs on PayPal. So Andrew's going to look that up. Thanks for the content. Oh, not with this computer. Jesus. (laughs) I know this is a motorized wheelbarrow and e-mountain bike show now. E-moto show. Or e-moto show. But I just bought a new bike and was curious on your opinions or of your opinions. Well, if you just bought it, then what are you going to do if we say it sucks? Advice is what you ask for when you've already made up your mind. (laughs) This This is what this question is. I just picked up a Specialized Status 140 on sale. I already thought this bike was a steal at three thousand, but I couldn't pass it up at twenty two fifty. Has Kenny had any experience with these? What do y'all think of the mullet bikes? I recall the hate of twenty seven five in the past. So far I'm stoked on it. Thanks, Matt in Arkansas. So from a value standpoint, the status is unreal. That's the definition of the status. As far as riding goes, I just I haven't ridden one outside of building them and putting them in a parking lot. So sorry, I can't really I can't really give you any better opinions on that but i don't think there's anything there's nothing super weird about them it's going to have the super good build quality of a specialized and they're super cheap so if you like the way it fits and you like the way it rides i think you fucking nailed it yeah and the 27.5 hate in the past was more 27.5 plus to be quite honest the the plus is something that really always ate at us because it it uh not something that's like very like 27.5 plus is just it, the, the tires very we've talked about it you know ad nauseum the tires kind of floppy you don't get great sidewall protection if you move into a tire that's heavy like durable enough to have sidewall protection it weighs a million pounds you know there's all these things that go into it standard 27.5 i'm not going to yuck your yum if you want to ride a mullet bike that's it's, fine it's probably pretty fun in arkansas too because you don't have sustained and when i say sustained i mean you know 10 or 20 minute downhills you don't I think the trails are a little bit more tighter, twistier type of stuff, which I think 27.5 does great on that stuff. Uh, where I have not liked 27.5 in the past has been on thunder just, chunk. just straight line, fast thunder chunk. I just get hung up in it because I don't have the skill to not get hung up in it. I've watched someone who's better than me just leave me on a 27.5 bike in the same stuff, but I, I can't do that. I think I if you're willing, like yeah, just like, anything if you're willing to go mock a million everything kind of flattens out and gets easier 
the same way that when I try that, I smoke a fucking tree. Yeah. (laughs) You and your buddy are like, you know, checking out some tech section and you're stopped and you're like, well, what if you go here and then like down here maybe? And then some dude comes ripping through and just jumps the whole fucking section and their tires don't touch any of the scary things you were just talking about. And you're like, oh, exactly. um, Well, that's a lot easier. That's that's how our friend Parker rides. Bumps can't slow you down if you're not on the ground. Yeah. And 99% of the time it works out, but then 1% of the time he comes down just a little bit early and his <laughs> rear tire goes, bam. I like to keep my tires on the ground and touch all the bumps. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I ride. I've been trying to not touch the bumps lately. It's been going pretty well most of the time. It yeah. goes it goes super good until all of a sudden you touch all the bumps at the same time. <laughs> With your body? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to not do that. Uh, so Matt gave us $10 on PayPal with the note, making easy money, pimpin' hose is serious. I God love it. Damn. What a good lyric. I feel like an accessory to crime right now. Uh, let's talk about the really light elephant in the room, the oh new gosh. the new Epic World Cup, or the Trek Super Cal, the Specialized Super Cal if you're a hater on the internet. Did they give a weight? They give a frame weight. It's okay. 200 grams lighter than a Super Cal frame. Wow. God, yeah. that's like nothing. How does it not break? <laughs> I don't know. Kenny, what is your thoughts? Do you have any? No, because they didn't give them to dealers. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this oh, was no. This was an internet-only launch, and I'm not even kidding a tiny bit. Oh, no. So your customer that buys like two of these bikes a year, he has to go to the internet and purchase it? Yeah, that is correct. Oh, man. When will they be available to dealers? I don't know. We're allowed Damn. we're allowed to pre-order them, uh, but we're not allowed oh, to sell okay. them to customers right now. Only Specialized is allowed to sell them to customers. Damn. Oh, so like you can you can't even take a deposit on one. Mm, I could, I guess, but why would if it's available on specialized.com, why would you do that and wait for an unknown amount of time to get it from a shop? Yeah, I guess that's true. All right. Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I mean there's more to that backstory. I'm sure there's reasons why. Uh, I, I'm i conflicted. I'm trying to be open-minded. So one way to look at this is there might be certain shops. If they have a very limited quantity at launch, which it sounds like they do for whatever reason, maybe it's transmission related, maybe it's frame production related, rear shock, like who knows, right? It's a very... Maybe it's that kook-ass handlebar. It's a very... Yeah, right? Like that's a new bar. There's so many things that need to come together to make that bike happen. I'm making up a number. This number is not real. I don't know what that number is, but let's say they have a hundred, which is probably not far off from like the real number. Let's say they have a hundred of those to choose from in all sizes and colors and et cetera. Let's take a number off of it. Let's say one container. It very well could be one container. So they've got a hundred bikes and we're, we're a bigger dealer. What happens when, you know, 10, 20 dealers pretty much snap up all the bikes. Now, granted, this is where the role of your rep comes in and the rep says, hey, our territory has so many of these to choose from, right? So they need to be the middleman for equitable distribution of these bikes. That's sure. Anyway, the moral of this story is maybe what they're trying to do is not have certain parts of the country or certain dealers or whatever be difficult to find bikes, right? Because if Hangar 15 snaps up five of them. Now there's only 95 left. All of a sudden, that's a pretty big chunk of what the U.S. has, right? So maybe they're just trying to give more equitable distribution for everybody and make the 
make the playing field even uh, little things too, like the competition of maybe one shop has theirs three days before another one. And there's a lot of stuff in logistics, right? So maybe that's what they're trying to do on this one because it's so limited. But obviously from a dealer standpoint, the optics on that are not very favorable. We'll see. And if I had to speculate one layer deeper, I'm guessing that for product launch, they had X number of units they flew over and the other units are probably in containers on a ship. Highly possible. All these things are very, very possible. I will say on a positive note from the dealer side, if you have a customer who the customer cannot ship it directly to their door, I don't think I could be wrong on that. No, I think it'll it, be like click I and collect. I think it right? has to click and collect to a store. Now there's plenty of bikes that you can order straight to your door. I don't think you can on this one. And I'm not at liberty to give numbers on this, but Specialized does reimburse dealers a certain percentage of all click and collect stuff. And in this case on this bike, it is a very generous number because they know they're going to have backlash from dealers. So anyway, that's kind of a little peek behind the curtain of how all that stuff works. I'm not that upset about it. Would I like to have bikes right out of the gate and be one of the first to have stuff and, you know, have big dealer status? That would be really cool. Yes, but it's not the end of the world. And our really good customers who want this bike will click and ship it to our store. We'll build one. It'll be fine. It's just weird. They will let you. Yeah, so I just went and put a uh, an, a world, the S-Works in my shopping cart on the Specialized website. Sure. And shipped to the shop is $50. Shipped to home is $75. Oh, so you can, so they sh- will you let you sh- can ship it yeah. straight to your house. Yep. Yum. Okay. Well, I'm changing my mind right now a little bit about that <laughs> because guess Judy's what? like, well, I was going to have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> guess what margin share the dealer gets when someone ships it to their house? Zero. It's zero. Yeah. Guess who gets to support that bike? You do. I do. Because when they have, I don't know, it just shows up with like a one of the a knob on a fork is fucked up in shipping they're going to come to you and be like hey kenny can you fix this for me yep so anyway there's a little peek behind the curtain of the politics that happen in this day and age in the bike industry well there you have it we've covered it all (laughs) and i want to go to bed i know that that i get made fun of for being tired a lot but you moved rocks and shit today i moved rocks i dug a hole in a rock with a pick I was tasked with digging a hole, and this person was like, well, there's a whole rock there. That might be the bottom. And I like took the pick and aggressively hit it for a lot of hits. And they kind of like stopped. They, they, they just started doing what I told them to. <laughs> I don't mean that. It, they were just like, oh, fuck, this person knows what they're doing with hand tools. And I'm like, you bet your sweet Biffy I do. Oh, man. There's a new Wolf Tooth dropper remote. Yeah, there's and others. There's some other you, stuff to talk about. I'm going to shotgun or machine gun a few things really quick. But Andrea, why don't you continue with the wolf tooth? Oh, I was just going to say it looks cool. You can adjust the lever start position independently of the cable tension, which they say is a first for dropper levers. Which I can't think of anything off the top of my head, and it's just like a little pinch bolt that rotates around the uh, the bearing part of the lever. It's just like an XX1 shifter. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's just like a SRAM shifter. It's like they literally looked at a SRAM shifter and they're like, why the fuck don't we do this? And they made it into a remote lever. And in this article I'm looking at, there's a close-up picture of a light action remote 
And when I first glanced at it out of the corner of my eye, I thought that it said light erection. And I was really confused for a second. But then I focused better and realized it was light action. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a a semi or a chubby. (laughs) (laughs) The people at Wolf Tooth will never call it light action again. Do you get a light erection when there's some light action? (laughs) It can happen. (laughs) For what it's worth. I can't tell if Matt is really mad right now or laughing. I I just want to, I'm just, like the rocks kicked my ass today and then I went bouldering at the the climbing gym. That was your own damn fault. And then I had a really stressful phone call with a stranger. (laughs) She was like six weeds high. And I've just... I will say I got a care package from Wolf Tooth this week. It wasn't the new lever, but my friends over there sent me some stuff. And I'm fairly certain, and I mean, this is the best thing ever, they they took some shit off the free table and used it as the packing material in my order. So I got like a women's small t-shirt. And I took a picture of him wearing it. It will be the photo on Instagram for this week's show. As well as a new palm beanie. And I'm wearing the palm beanie now, unironically, but I put on a women's small t-shirt. And I'm like a hundred... And he was, he was sunburnt, too, so it looked Very wonderful. badly. It was terrible. So don't I, forget to I put on sunscreen. I wanted to say that my favorite dropper lever by far that I've ever used is the light action wolf tooth. That's what I have on all of my bikes. It really is great. So other stuff. There is uh, there's a new Yeti. There is a Trek Amanda ALR. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That looks good. That There's bike's a, always wait, looked Amanda. good, and now it looks even better. That is a good-looking bike. So for 20, what, $2,200, $2,300, you get a 105 aluminum bike, which is not great value necessarily. But, man, that thing looks Back pretty good. Back in my day, $2,200 would get you 105 with carbon. Yeah, but also this is not 20 years ago. <laughs> It was 11. Okay. <laughs> I bought oh, my, uh, well, it's less because I EP'd it, but the retail on my Cannondale CAD 10 with Altegra mechanical and Mavic wheels was, was $1,999. Maybe it was, I got it, maybe it was $2,100. The fir- I got the first year of it and it was like 21 or 22 Okay. Maybe you're right. Regardless, that was an extremely good value. And this is... Not far off of that. So 10 years later, getting pretty much the same thing, but with 105 is not, that's like normal inflation by my napkin math. Yeah. And it has tubeless wheels. So. Well, of course, it's going to be a better bike. Let's all be real. It's got actual tire clearance. It's got a clean look to it. It's probably got better. Hold on, hold on. The CAD 10 had a clean look, you whore. Shut your mouth. <laughs> the CAD 10 did. It did the look CAD good. The CAD 10 sets that the was, bar. That was but it like the winner for aluminum bike bikes for a like. long time. They were great. I mean, that was my, f- by far and away, that was the favorite road, my favorite road bike ever. Thing was great. But this thing looks pretty damn good. It's pretty freaking slick. Even more hydroforming going on. I haven't ridden one yet. I don't know. Maybe it's garbage. But anyway, just throwing it out there. I like seeing good value bikes. I think bikes have gotten out of control expensive. It's not even, I think they have, they have gotten out of control expensive. So seeing stuff that is very good, very solid. I like the bikes where you don't have to change anything and it would be yeah amazing. Could you put like better shit on there? Of course bicycle. you could, but you don't have to change anything. It's going to. Well, Kenny, I think 
I think you and I kind of, I don't know, we started working in bike shops when a $1,500 mountain bike had shit on it that sucked. Even, yes. even you know, however long ago that was, 10, Like by the years. day's standards, it was junk. Yeah, yes. like that would be a, you know, an $800 mountain bike now just based on the shitty parts that were on it. 10 years ago, you could pay $1,500 for an aluminum hardtail that didn't have tubeless wheels. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and it would have a steel stanchion fork on it. Yes. So, in a lot of ways, bikes have made huge progress, but it's just nice to see these super, super good values and, you know, the statuses of the world. Are we going to talk about this Yeti or not? What does it Uh, do? I mean, Yeti just made a new trail bike in 27.5, and their small and extra small is uh, the rear triangle is different, actually, on that size, instead of it being the same rear triangle for all of the sizes. Cool. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I really can't manual just down the street, hold a manual on my stumpy that well. And I was like kind of bummed about that the other day. And I was like, yeah, but it goes fucking faster downhill everywhere. So why does it matter if I can manual it on a paved road? <laughs> I, I, But I'm saying that as a very large person riding a longer wheelbase bike. So Yeah, Kenny, did you have any other new shit? That's really about it. I think we covered all that stuff. I'm sure there'll be a whole bunch of new stuff to drop at Sea Otter. Yeah, so Maxis sure we'll... released a new wet cross-country tire, the Severe. It's their new cross-country mud tire. Honestly, they said it was a tire for wet, and since I live in the West, I just quit reading it. <laughs> What's funny is in like in 10 years, as global warming continues, we just won't need wet tires anymore because it's never going to rain. Yeah, yeah, we'll all be dead anyway. By that time. Awesome. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> everybody have a good day. Oh, on that note, <laughs> to close the loop and end on something actually fun, uh, Driving Miss Daisy. The show is brought to you by Daisy, Driving Miss Daisy because uh, uh, we're trying to adopt a dog named Daisy. Yep. It's a scruffy little Jack Russell Terrier. She's adorable. So there may be blessings from Daisy in the next show. Yep. Yep. We gotta see if Taco and Daisy get along, but it sounds like she's good with other dogs after she gets to know them. How old is Taco so now? Five? five. Yeah. And a half. Yeah, five and a half. He'll be six at Thanksgiving. Awesome. Yeah, and everyone, so you're going to hear this show on Monday or after, and if you you all should have gotten notices that you're. JRA orders shipped because I'm pretty sure I forgot to check that box when I printed off all of the labels to say don't email people. So um, chances are you have received an email saying your order has shipped for your t-shirt. It, in all honesty, Andrea printed the labels on Wednesday or Thursday night. They should all be taken care of. Yeah, they're probably going to be in the mail. If you don't have it by the time this show airs, it's probably going to be... Somewhere in transit by the time this show airs. No, no, like, because you might have to go to Denver. We have, let's leave ourselves Friday, Saturday. They'll all be at the post office by the time this airs, unless you live local to us and you've told us, hey, I'm just going to pick it up in person. Yeah. Wow, going into the big city. (laughs) Yeah, that's where the dog is. Oh, crazy. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, yep. So there you have it. Uh, That was another podcast. Yeah, we did a thing. We We did did it. it for the 91st time. Since we launched our own thing. All right. That's something. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? Be sure to use our web contact form and tell us what we should do for episode 100. I think we should all eat a giant handful of edibles and see how far we can make it. (laughs)
<laughs> we should have an edible race. And Kenny, like, do you did, have? Did you? Is weed legal where you are? No. 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 We're it isn't. pretty. Like they barely let you have caffeine, do they? It's it's a weird place here. It's it's odd, right? We can if you want to go rip a trophy truck up the side of a mountain, not a problem. But having an edible in your own home, you know, Utah and God have a problem with that. I mean, you could marry a seventeen year old too. Right? Jesus, you need to edit that out. <laughs> that is the that is a bridge too far. <laughs> I don't think we can. I don't think we can. Can you do that? I think we, you can do that in Utah. I'm a, no, no, we we're not getting into this. On <laughs> no, the show. I think yeah, for no. real. I think you can do that with like maybe parental consent or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we can end the show. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I'll quit making fun of Mormons. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your pants.